we're going to start inshallah ta'ala we're going to start in uh, just a few minutes bithnillah and uh hopefully we can uh get through most of it inshallah ta'ala إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهدي له فلا مضل له ومن يدلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه أما بعد <coughs> so this evening بإذن الله تعالى we want to talk on a very important topic and this topic is centered around patience it is centered around patience but it it is also uh dealing with some of the trials and the tribulations that the people of color face today uh the people of brown and black complexion face today and more on a regular basis and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his guidance and his assistance. <clears throat> we tend to belittle ourselves as being nobodies. We tend to belittle ourselves as being nobodies, as being, you know, you know, insignificant. That the elite they look down on. The, the big people, the higher ups, they look down on us or they look down on the people of color due to our low position or status in society. Most of us came from a poor upbringing and a low income project complex. Yani technically the streets or the hoods. Or most of us dropped out of high school and became products of our environments. And most of us grew up in the streets and we didn't have our mothers or our fathers in our lives because they were also running the, running the streets as well. Those that have sh shared the same color as us is the companions of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And I'm going to come from, you know, uh, Islamic perspective. 
And so uh, this is what I'm going to take my sources from. And then if you guys are listening or if any guys have any in- input, feel free to uh, mention that which you need to mention or inbox or message me inshallah ta'ala. So we're going to mention a companion, a companion from the Messenger of Allah, those companions, those men who are around the Prophet, the Messenger of Allah, the one that was sent to all mankind, those companions, those men and those women who are, who are around the Messenger of Allah. The Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam They was around him And they took their knowledge from him And he taught them And he was the best example for all of mankind So we're going to mention A companion known as Barakah and these were black companions. These were companions either from African descent or Abyssinian. Or they were they were the people of black complexion. So this name Baraka Um Ayman from Abyssinian, one of the early adherents to Islam as in Mecca. <coughs> And she was one of the of those who faced prosecution from the Quraysh like Saad and Aswad. Like Saad and Aswad, he faced internally oppressed. He faced, uh, he faced internally oppression. One of the black companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was Sa'ad al-Aswad al-Sulaymi. So Sa'ad, he was from the Ansar and he suffered discrimination in Medina. He suffered discrimination due to his complexion, due to his physical appearance due to inferiority complex. So Sa'ad, he asked the Prophet Wasallam if he could enter into Jannah because of his low position or because of his status amongst the Muslims. He asked the Messenger of Allah would he enter paradise due to his low position due to his low position in society and this is something that we can relate to as black african-american people that's living in this country due to our complexion or our low position in society most of us came from the streets or the struggle and we live the life of struggle 
Our parents lived a life of struggle. So the companions of the Messenger of Allah faced the same or similar situations that we are faced with of discrimination and looked down upon. The companions of the Messenger of Allah faced scrutiny and looked down upon as no nobodies. And this is how some of the people in the society, some of us, some of us black African American people feel like in the society as being nobodies. So they felt like they have to either commit a crime or to be affiliated with uh, a particular gang or crew or set to just to feel like they are somebody or to feel like they are part of something, you know? So Sa'ad Al-Aswad Al-Sulaymi he asked the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will he be from amongst those who were into paradise because of his position among the Muslims and also some of us the Muslims feel like this amongst the Muslims and this shouldn't be the case but unfortunately this is the case so the Prophet Sallallahu he told him that he, that he was entitled to the same reward as other believers. Look at here, the Prophet, you know, giving him glad tidings and making him feel comfortable and making him feel wanted and appreciative and appreciated. He told him that you are entitled to the same thing as all the other companions and make it clear you're entitled to just about what everybody else is entitled to the same enjoyment and the things that the people have you're entitled to that as well you're entitled to the same reward as the other believers so Sa'id, he then acquired that if he wasn't that if he was equal, that if he was an equal believer, then why would none of the the people or why would none of the Arabs allow him to marry one of the daughters? If I am equal amongst the people or amongst society, then how come I can't marry? this rich or this rich woman this rich woman with status and prestige or this beautiful woman how come i can't marry her why because of my complexion because i am dark-skinned because i have nappy hair so this was the the situation during the time of the messenger of allah during the time of the sahaba if i am equal then how come I am not able to marry the daughters of these people, the daughters of the Arabs? So the Prophet Sallallahu he told Sa'id, he told 
sad to go to the home of Amr ibn Wahab to ask him for his daughter for marriage. <clears throat> so when Sa'ad, he told Wahab, he told Wahab that the Prophet wasallam sent him to request for his daughter for marriage. Then Wahab, he became angry at the proposal. He became upset. He became angry. So Wahab, he also stated to him that didn't you know that my daughter, she is a known, she is known for her beauty. When when Ibn Wahab's his his daughter, when she heard, when she heard this, when she heard the conversation between her father and the companion side. She turned, she turned. Yani, she cannot, she didn't resist or turn down a proposal that came at the suggestion of the messenger of Allah. Subhanallah. So, this shows, this shows us that we are looked down upon. And they look at us and they see they see themselves as better than us as better than us so even during these or even though even during those days there were traces of racism and ignorance prior to Islam after being lowered and debased Allah has raised, He has raised the companions. He has raised them to the state of honor and nobility. And likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has raised us, us African American Muslims living in this society. He has raised us and elevated us and gave us Islam and made us upright and uh, with good conduct and the correct belief the correct belief about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he made Islam dear to us he made it something that is dear to us he made Islam something that is dear to us. And so, this is what is important. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ هَبَّبَ إِلَيْكُمُ الْإِيمَانُ وَزَيَّنَهُ فِي قُلُوبِكُمْ وَكَرَّهَ إِلَيْكُمُ الْقُفْرُ وَالْفُسُوقَ وَالْإِسْيَانُ أُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الرَّاشِدُونَ فَضْلًا مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَنِعْمَةً وَاللَّهُ عَلِيمٌ وَاللَّهُ عَلِيمٌ عَلِيمٌ حَكِيمٌ نَعَمْ Allah mentions was translated to mean but Allah has made faith and dare to you and He has made Islam beautiful in your hearts and He has made hateful to you disbelief 
and wickedness and sin. Such are the rightly guided by the grace of Allah and his favors and Allah's all-knowing, the most wise. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has made Islam the most dearest to us despite the background that we came from, despite the racism, despite the, the biasness and the traces of ignorance. Once the person embraces this noble religion of Islam, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he raises the person, he raises the person's status, his nobility, no matter his background, no matter what took place in the past. So, Imam Sa'adi, he explains, that Allah endears faith to you by means of what he has instilled in your hearts of loving the truth and preferring it and preferring it and by means of what he sets out for the truth of, of proof and evidence to testify to its soundness and he makes it appealing to the people's hearts and minds and by means of what he does of enabling you to Turn to him. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions. He says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there are among us some that are righteous and some that are contrary. So there are groups living in different ways. You have groups of wickedness, those who are upon wickedness. You have groups of those who are sinners, those who are disbelievers. Those who are upon that which they are upon of racism and biasness. And sadly, he says, different sects and various groups, each party delighted with what he has. And it comes in another verse. That every group. They are rejoicing upon that which they are upon. So we, so I say that, of course, during the time of the campaigns of the Messenger of Allah, there were traces of racism. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection so we want to mention as of black Americans are subjects of the majority of of you know the places like the hood, the streets, they are the majority that's in the hood. And you are the ones that feel like, you know, you are being uh, you are you are marginalized 
or looked down upon or you can't get a good job so you gotta you have to settle for selling drugs or committing a crime so this is what it came to it came to this inferiority complex As it comes in a hadith, an example of, the, of this relates to a well-known hadith pertaining to the companions, Abu Dhar radiallahu anhu, and Bilal radiallahu anhu, narrated by Al-Baqari and others, that Abu Dhar radiallahu anhu, during a dispute, insulted Bilal. During a dispute, he assaulted Bilal. Bilal, Bilal was from uh, uh, Abyssinian descent or he was you know black so he called Bilal by calling him the son of a black woman this was meant to put Bilal down this was meant to bring him down as his Abyssinian mother was a slave though Abu Dhar himself Though, though Abu Dhar was himself a black Arab, as described at Tabari, as described by at Tabari, Ibn Hajar and others, the Prophet sallallahu then told Abu Dhar radiallahu anhu, "You are a man with some of the, the characteristics or traits of the era of Jahiliyyah, the pre-Islamic era." So Abu Dhar. He then went to Bilal and placed his face on the ground and offered Bilal to step on his face to atone for his verbal offense. And this is what we do to each other. Calling each other by offensive names. Calling each other by nicknames and calling each other dogs. Yo, dog. And other offensive names. Wa'iyadha billah. So this took this took place during the time of the message of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And the Prophet he he dealt with these issues of of racism and so forth. And also it comes in uh to the Quran where Allah he mentions do not scorn each other for perhaps the former may be better than the that person may be better than this person and this is in Surah Al-Hujarat so it is mentioned since the companions of the Prophet ﷺ had racist tendencies that needed purification surely it should come as no surprise that our generation, our generation which is far removed from the Prophet needs spiritual purification and social remedies to counter the diseases of racism. Simply saying Islam is against this illness, Islam is against this illness, this, this illness is not sufficient. It is not sufficient. We need to, even though, yes, Islam is against this, but we need to remedy it. We need to, yani, 
handle these illnesses and confront them. From the above example, the Prophet Wasallam, the issue was confronted in public and attempts were made to restore justice to the offended. This is what needs to be done. This is the solution to confront the issue publicly, to confront it and to restore the people's honor, to restore justice. Because we are the Muslims that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has raised and we enjoin that which is good and we are the ones that enjoin all that which is good and wholesome and we shun all that which is evil of racism and classism and asabiya and hezbiya all of this we shun it and we confront it and speak about it and speak out against it irrespective of of iman blacks tend to be viewed in society as direct people as direct people who are not as beautiful as those with lighter skin and this is how we are looked down upon this is how the blacks are viewed they are viewed as the low the scum and the light-skinned people or the the white people the white people they are more beautiful and superior so the blacks tend to the blacks tend to be viewed in society as direct people as the wretched people who are not as beautiful as those with lighter skin confronting our own weaknesses and admitting that our community also has shades of racism that are institutionalized are difficult emissions. So this especially holds true when racism is perpetuated by people of color who have been discriminated against historically from colonialism, illegal occupation, and post 9-11 America. While some might think such racism is beginning, <clears throat> it is racism that has divided the American Muslims community. It is problematic because racism is rooted in positional power, which prevents certain groups from having a voice or equal defense and authority within the community. I have witnessed new, new reverts to Islam who have been run out of the Muslim community due to racism and we have witnesses we have witnessed this through the years even those who claim to be upon the Sunnah those who claim to be upon the correct path the correct way chasing and running their brothers out of the masjid because they disagree with them. They have a difference of opinion. 
So they chased him away from the masjid out of the house of Allah, out of the houses of Allah, due to a difference of opinion, or due to those individuals that have committed this crime, they have been upon biasness and racism and asabiyya. And this person, يعني كله حزبن بما لديهم فريحون They're the ones that think that they are rejoicing upon that which they are upon and looking down on other individuals. <clears throat> so we say, so these people that have been looked down upon to be patient. To be patient, inshallah, because this is not nothing new. This is nothing new. This took place during the times, during the time of the companions, during the time of the Messenger of Allah. <clears throat> as, as it comes in the hadith of Abu Sa'id al Qudri, it is mentioned that he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, وَمَنْ يَسْتَعِفْ وَمَنْ يَسْتَعِفْ وَمَنْ يَسْتَعِفْهُ يُعِفَقُ يُعِفَهُ اللَّهِ وَمَنْ يَسْتَعْنِي يُقْنِهِ اللَّهِ وَمَنْ يَتَسَبَّرْ يُصَبِّرُ اللَّهِ And whosoever will be patient, Allah will give him patience. And no one is granted a gift better and more comprehensive than patience. So we say to those who've been afflicted with this illness to be patient. And we say to those who are upon this way to seek knowledge and to be <coughs> fearful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. On account of your actions and your ways and how you treat people, you may get away. You may it may seem like you're getting away from something or this, but you're not getting away. As it comes in another hadith of Abu Abu of Abu Yahya Suhaib Ibn Sinin. Or Ibn Sinan reported that the messenger of Allah, he said that however, how wonderful is the case of the believer. There is good for him in everything. And this applies only to a believer. If prosperity attends attend him, he expresses gratitude to Allah and that is good for him. And if adversity befalls him, he endures it patiently, and that is good for him. So Sheikh what they mean, he explains this this hadith and the chapter of patience. He says that 
How wonderful is the case of the believer, meaning his situation or his affairs is always good for him, no matter what the case may be. And this is certainly all this is certainly on the only the case of a Muslim. So the Prophet وسلم, he explains the matter as follows. If prosperity attends him, he expresses gratitude to Allah, and that is good for him. And if adversity befalls him, he endures it patiently, and that is good for him. So this is the case of the believer only, and every person obtains that which Allah ordains for him. Every person obtains that which Allah ordains for him. As Allah decrees are between two matters, happiness and joy or misfortune and distress. And in respect to these two matters, people are divided into two categories, the believers and the disbelievers. As for the case of the believer, no matter what his situation may be, no matter if you are looked down upon, no matter if the people look at you a certain way or treat you a certain way, or you can't get this particular job, no matter what his situation may be, surely his affairs are always good for him. If an illness befalls him, he shows patience and submits and accepts his decree and knows that such tests or trials are from none other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the believer, he waits and endures this calamity, hoping on none but Allah for relief, expecting Allah's reward for enduring and being patient. So this slave obtains the reward for being patient with this trial. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has tested him with. And as for it good as for if good comes to the believer, such as things like abundant blessings of beneficial knowledge and righteous actions and wealth and children and good families, then as a result of all of this, the believer shows thankfulness to Allah, which is certainly one of the ways of being grateful to Allah, as well as by being obedient to Him and obeying His commandments. Sadly, it has become a habit of many people. It has become a habit of many people nowadays to think that being grateful or thankful to Allah is merely, is merely by way of expression of the tongue. Lad, this, just, this is not it. They think by being grateful or thankful to Allah is only by expressing on a tongue. Or verbally saying thank you or thank you Allah or thank you God as many people say I have been blessed or God has blessed me but rather it is complying to the order of Allah that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders the person to do that which Allah instructs the person to stay away from by being thankful, pleased, and grateful to Allah, one will obtain the two following blessings. 
the blessing is blessing in one's deen that the person will be, will be blessing his religion his islam the practice of it the application of it and also that the person will be have blessing blessings in his worldly affairs and as for the first category then it is being pleased with islam as a deen as your way of life that he or he is pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is pleased with Islam as his deen. And as for the category, then it is the virtue of lawful wealth that he obtains. And you find when people, unfortunately, this is some of the Muslims that are still still straggling the fence. When they find themselves you know, trapped or they back or their back is against the wall. They resort to criminality or selling drugs or theft or robbery or whatever. As for the second category, then it is the virtue of lawful wealth one obtains. So this is the condition of the believer. But as for the disbeliever, then his plight is nothing but sheer evil and we seek refuge if evil befalls him the disbeliever does not demonstrate patience and it is completely taken over by despair and grief and he calls out for destruction or crying in bitter anguish and cursing time and cursing the day and cursing god cursing allah cursing his family members and the like so he does he he so it is mentioned he curses Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but if good comes to the disbeliever he shows little gratitude and thanks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he he thanks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so him lacking gratitude will be a means of remorse for him on a day of judgment. And we seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But I just wanted to share this affair of a person being upon patience, no matter his situation or his circumstance. And Shaykh Uthameen rahimahullah gave us some examples of the believer when he is patient and how he conducts himself and he also gave us the affair of the disbeliever when on how he conducts himself how the disbeliever conducts himself during a time of trials and tribulations Naam.
So we're going to mention response to calling out the term I beat. A response and calling out this term I beat. So this word I beat for the Arab American or the term Abid means meaning slaves used by many Arabs to describe black people. They use this term Abid to describe a black person. So it is mentioned, the response is that of defending the usage of the term Abid, that we are all Abdullah, we are all servants and slaves of Allah, and that I should, that the person shouldn't use these derogatory statements towards a black person just because you may have some type of status or you may have some type of position. It is not for you to use that term towards your Muslim brother for those Arabs or for those people who think that they are better than someone. So it is mentioned Mihja, one of the best of the blacks, one of the famed, one of the famed companions or the famous companion is Mihja ibn Salih, Mihja ibn Salih radiallahu anhu was one of the early adherents of Islam in Mecca and one of those who migrated for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. According to Atabaqat al-Qubra of Ibn Sa'id al-Mihjaz radiallahu anhu, his lineage traces back to Yemen. He is described as having black skin, as uh, Aswad alone, an Arab. He is described as having black skin a black complexion he was enslaved and the hijaz and he suffered as a as other enslaved women did he was later emancipated by umar radiallahu anhu so in mecca and quraish used to mock the prophet sallallahu because he used to sit and keep and keep company with the poor and keep company with the poor who were from formerly enslaved. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Surah al In Surah Al, uh, I forget, in Surah Al 6, Ayat 52, he said, Do not repel those who call upon their Lord. Do not repel those who call upon their Lord. Don't turn your back on them. Don't run away from them. Be patient with them. Do not repel those who call upon their Lord. In the morning and in the evenings. You read doing that In the morning and in the evening, seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his face. According to Abdullah ibn Abbas and Zad al Masri fi ilmi fi ilm tafsir by Ibn Jawzi, those people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was referring to were Bilal. And Suhaib and Kabab and Amr and Amr, Mehja and Salman and Amir ibn Amir ibn Quraysh and Salim, who was freed by Hudayfa. So after the migration, according to Tabari and others, Mehja radiAllahu anhu was the First to be martyred as at Ghazwa al Ghazwa al Badr. It is narrated by Al Hakim and his Mustadrak Al Ala Sahihain, authenticated as Sahih by a Sayyuti in his Jami'ah, a Sagir that the Prophet said the best of the blacks are three Bilal, Luqman. Who is mentioned in the Quran and Mehjah? So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his safety. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this from amongst of a benefit for us. And whatever I said of a benefit was from Allah. And whatever uh, mistake or wrong that I have said was from myself and the shaitan. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this of a benefit for me and the people. And inshallah ta'ala we will come back bithnillahi ta'ala with more episodes inshallah ta'ala subhanaka lahum wa bihamdik ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh